Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Tuesday, March the 14th, 2017. Pi Day. Pi Day. How far can you get? Uh, 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 3.14159. That's about it. We did it on the Vic Lombardi show this morning. I think it's 3.14159. I think it's 5, 6, 5, 12, 27, 32. Usually I just start seven. eating the pie at that point. Yeah. Uh, happy Pi Day to all of you this very exciting uh, March 13th, 14th weekend, whatever day it is. It's 14th. Like I told Ryan, I slept on a couch for an hour in a studio last night, so we'll see how this pod goes. Uh, (laughs) But Ryan and I here on the Broncos Blitz, we had a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff to get to. We actually have stuff to talk about this week, which is good. Broncos making moves in free agency, losing guys, gaining guys, guys retiring, uh, and the ever-present Tony Romo watch 2017. We'll dive into that. As well here on this week's Broncos Blitz, but before we do that, I gotta give a shout out to our friends at Sportique Scooters. Sportique Scooters is your home if you want to come live the scoot life. Look, you've heard me read the copy on Sportique for the last like three weeks. I know I have. I'm not gonna read the copy. I'm gonna speak from the heart here. Sportique, we come in and there, you may hear some engines revving up right now because downstairs, Colin and his team are working on fixing up scooters. And they do a phenomenal job at 160 South Broadway. Come on down, Sportique. You can get genuine buddy CCs. You can get all sorts of great scooters. Look, scooters are, you don't have to have a special license. They, you can drive anywhere. Right. Bike lane. Bike lane. Yeah. You can use them in the bike lane. You, you want to plow past people down, going down Colfax or wherever you want to go. Uh, on your little, uh, uh, not your little scooter, on your, your badass scooter, you go right ahead. Come on down to Sportique. Colin will take care of you. Again, 160 South Broadway or check them out at SportiqueScooters.com. Just come down to the store, though. That would be my recommendation because you can't really get the full Sportique experience unless you come down. Right. And I mean, what a week to test drive something. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be 75 degrees all week. It's going to be so nice. Are you kidding me? I cannot wait to get out and play some golf. Uh, So yeah, Sportique 160 South Broadway. Come in, tell Colin that Jake and Ryan from the Broncos Blitz sent you so that he can, uh, yeah, he can make some money. We can make some money. Everybody can can have a grand old time. Just be happy. Let's dive in here, Ryan. We got a lot to talk about on the Broncos today. I was at the Broncos facility for the first time in about a month on... Did you miss it? No, not really. <laughs> a lot like, of long days there. Yeah, 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 a lot of lot, and it was a long day on uh, Monday. I think it was that I was down there. As I was in not. Yesterday? No, I was not there okay. yesterday. I, I I think I texted you because I yes. was I was headed to meetings when they. It's kind of rare for the Broncos to to do that late, and that tells me that they probably yeah. had those two guys just kind of in the building signing their deals, and just wanted to get that done. So they did the the presser. Uh, for Domita Peco and Zach Kerr, uh, in the building yesterday. I was there on Friday, I guess it would be. Okay. For Menelik Watson and Ronald Leary, the two free agent linemen that they signed. But we'll start, we'll get to those guys here in a little bit when we talk about gains and losses in free agency, Ryan. But let's start with the big Broncos news that broke yesterday, just shortly after John Elway met the media. To introduce uh, Pecco and Kerr, uh, Demarcus Ware, after 12 NFL seasons, uh, three seasons here in Denver, retires from the National Football League. His contract 
had expired with the Broncos. There wasn't a lot of movement from them. He had some interest in L.A. He had some interest from a couple other spots. His team was very emotionally interested in going to Dallas. Uh, but DeMarcus eventually decides, you know what? For my long-term health, I've got nothing left to prove. Why continue to tack on more time and more pain to my body uh, than I have to? At my age, so Demarcus Ware retires from the NFL after uh, th- after three seasons in Denver, twelve in the NFL. Surefire Hall of Famer, um, no question. It, it's tough for pass rushers. It's tougher than you'd think, but I think Demarcus, having played in Dallas, having been a key part of that Super Bowl Fifty team, will will, will be maybe not a first ballot guy, but definitely first couple of ballot. Guy. Right. Uh, so DeMarcus, and let me just speak to, we'll dive in a little bit to his impact on the Broncos in a second, but just personally, Ryan, I only covered him for one season on like an everyday basis being around him, but that guy was just a, a friggin' class act, like just a joy to cover and, and not like in the fun kind of like Vaughn's kind of fun to cover. Right. DeMarcus is a different deal because he's fun, but he also will give you good stuff He'll he'll always talk on and off the record about what's going on. He's pretty approachable for a guy who's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. And you always got a sense around DeMarcus that you were watching a guy who did things the right way in every aspect of his game. Whether that was early in the season, remember in training camp when he wasn't practicing with the team and the big story was when was DeMarcus going to get out on the field you'd see him off to the side working with trainers coming out early in the morning working in the weight room you heard all these great things about his work ethic and that showed up when he did wind up taking the field uh and then Ryan you shot this moment just in, in terms of his personality and how willing he was to just interact with people uh early in the season maybe his second or third presser mm-hmm. that he had uh pre Carolina Maybe at, right, maybe right. Was it no? It was pre Carolina. It was before the first game of the season. Uh, I asked Demarcus a stupid question uh, about what it's like to sack Cam Newton or something like that, or how you know take pride in it. Just a dumb, terrible question that I can't believe I asked. And uh, he, but he gives me like a serious answer, and he says, "You know, that's my job." And he looks me straight in the eye, and you shot this and sent it to him. He said, mm-hmm. uh, "If I, if you were a quarterback, I'd sack you too." Right. And he looks me right in the eye when he says, and he gives me this look, dude. I've never, I wet myself. <laughs> I was so terrified. Because if you ever saw DeMarcus Ware in person, that guy, that, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a man in better shape than DeMarcus Ware. Oh my gosh, I know. Uh, he he had the, the Peyton Manning type aura around him. Yeah. Like when he was in a room or when he got on the field, you're like, oh, DeMarcus is here. Yeah. Um, and he won the uh, Darren Williams Good yep. Guy Award, right? He won the Good Guy Award. Uh, I mean, this year. that's. That backs up your point. Yeah. Um, he really, I think, I think we both agree the biggest impact he's going to have is his off-field presence is now going to, is a, gone away. Yeah. Um, he's been battling injuries, uh, the past couple seasons. Uh, so he hasn't had a, a full health, uh, season to where he can really do what DeMarcus Ware does well on the field. But, I mean, Broncos fans are probably, in debt to him for fixing Von Miller. Yeah. And I think even Vaughn would agree with that. And he is, he was just a father figure and you can't, that's just a tough thing to replace. And as much as I, 
I think Von Miller is a great guy in the locker room. I think guys really like him. I just haven't gotten the sense where he's that type of has that aura around him when he's in everyone, you know, straightens up their back, you know, stands up straight, all that stuff. I haven't gotten that from Von Miller. And I think the Broncos are hoping Von now takes over that job. That's the test, right? right? What does Von do now that DeMarcus is gone? And for me, you're right. That is the most important impact he had mm-hmm. as a Bronco. Yeah, we can talk about how great he was during the, the run to Super Bowl 50, the two sacks in that game. Great play throughout that postseason stretch. But I remember, I'm sure you do too, Ryan, what the talk around the Broncos was when it came to Von Miller after that 2013 season. Mm-hmm. He torn his ACL. He had a suspension. He was He had... He had issues. Like Vaughn was Vaughn was in trouble. Oh yeah. And he'd been a year away removed from from having Elvis Doomerville in the locker room. And he had Sean Phillips kind of fill that role on the field, but Sean didn't really take on that leadership right. role in the locker room. And then DeMarcus Ware walks in. And Ware was a guy that Vaughn respected on the field right. already. He grew up watching him. And he comes in and just absolutely changes Vaughn's percept uh Vaughn's thinking mm-hmm. on how to be a pro. Right. And you could ask Vaughn about this and he would tell you, DeMarcus where like DeMarcus saved me. Yeah. Is what he I don't know that he'd go that far maybe, but he had a pretty heartfelt he some, yeah. Instagram post. He had something pretty DeMarcus. close, yeah. But Vaughn has modeled himself off the field on DeMarcus. Mm-hmm. Now the thing that gives me a little bit of pause, this will be the first season in Von Miller's career since that bad 2013 season when he hasn't had that influence in the locker room. I believe Vaughn is a mature player. Mm-hmm. I believe that, like, talking to him off the record in the locker room or being around him, you just get the sense that he's really grown up in the last couple of years. But it's going to be a test. And I think I think it'll be a question that gets answered fairly early. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe in training camp we'll be able to tell kind of where Vaughn's at mentally. But Vaughn's never been a captain right. of the Broncos. And right. that's something that surprises people when they hear it, but it's kind of for a reason. His teammates view him as a really great player, but I don't know that he's that kind of driving leadership force in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to be to fill that leadership role that Ware, that Ware leaves behind. Absolutely. I don't think this means that Vaughn is now in danger of getting suspended for weed again. Oh, of course. I, not. I think no, we're I'm, past not that. That. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm not saying that. Well, that's the thing. I think most people are worried about that because if you remember, and I remember this pretty clearly, uh, when Vaughn uh, was busted for weed, there was a strong, I, I'm not going to say majority, but there was a strong population of Broncos fans that thought we could get a lot in a trade for him. Because they were just kind of fed up of not having this supposed to be, you know, Hall of Fame talent not on the field and not yeah. focused on football. So they were really kind of fed up with Vaughn. And, and uh, you know, the ACL injury was a big setback, especially when what happened in Super Bowl 48. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I think come OTAs or come training camp, we'll see if Vaughn, you know, meets this challenge and and i guarantee elway is saying yeah this is your defense now you're the superstar this is basically von miller's team you yeah. know you're the superstar you're the face of this team go act like it we yeah. showed you we brought in a guy to show you what it meant to be that now go do it and it'll just be interesting to see i i, I think he'll go about it differently i don't expect you know a uh, uh you know demarcus just it 
I mean, he he made you want to go to war, like literal war. Like he yeah. could have convinced, you know, nicest to, guy on the planet, but he would eat your head off. Oh my gosh, yeah. So you know, Vaughn's a nice guy, but you know, he like we said, he's just different, kind of goofy, and we'll see if he finds. You know, I'm not saying he needs to copy Demarcus Ware, but he needs to find the Vaughn Miller niche where he gets players behind him and to get you know them to do what the team needs them to do. I think you make a lot of great points there, Ryan, and. The thing that I'm going to keep coming back to uh, on Vaughn is that test, right? Is what are we going to see out of Vaughn early mm-hmm. in camp that shows me kind of where he's at mentally? And that'll be a question that I think, again, gets answered pretty quick. So replacing, that that's all the off-field stuff, right? Yeah. That's the leadership that you lose with DeMarcus leaving. That's all those things. Replacing his production is a different deal. I think the Broncos are going to be okay there. Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett are both guys who are going to step up. The, the Broncos have been anticipating this, right? And they've brought in young guys. That's to, why to they come. drafted Shane Ray. Yes, yeah. and it's why they've kept on. Like they had plenty of chances to to trade Shaq Barrett. Like uh-huh. the Browns have wanted him for a while. He's Could've been gotten a, Joe Thomas. Yep, he's been a trade commodity, and the Broncos have said, oh, "We kind of want to hold on to this guy." Because DeMarcus has had injury issues, and, and he's played effectively. So Shaq, I didn't think, was as good last season as he was the year before. But I'm excited to see what he brings to the field this coming year. So uh, DeMarcus obviously loses. I think the loss is more off the field than it is on for the Broncos. Like Production-wise, I think the, the Denver defense will be pretty similar to where it was last year. As long as, yeah. like you said, guys like Vaughn can step up. Yeah, and... I mean, we saw basically what the defense was without DeMarcus on the field last year because he was injured so much. Yeah. Um, I think, and we'll get into the free agents, I think um, Shane Ray and Vaughn Miller didn't have a very dominant year last year, not in terms of what we saw the year before. No, Vaughn, you mean? Uh, Vaughn had a good year. He did tail off at the end. Runner-up for defensive player of the year. That's That's true. Uh, uh, It was a a down year for defensive player of the year. Yes, and uh, sack numbers across the league were down. Yeah. Um, but I think what Elway wants to see and what Broncos fans wants, want to see is, is the aggression stay there. Um, yeah. and, uh, hopefully the free agents that they got, uh, will kind of replace what they lost in the defensive line. I think without Malik Jackson with Derek Wolf having health issues, I think teams saw, well, let's just double team the outside, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. handle the inside and Sylvester Williams and Jared Crick that, that didn't frighten anyone. So hopefully they'll get, you know, a, an aggressive defense again, try and get Vaughn and Shane one on one because if they are, if they're one on one, they're going to win a majority of the time. Vaughn will beat you one on one almost every single right. time. I it, don't care what It just kind depends of on when the quarterback throws the ball. Yeah, I don't really. care what kind of tackle you are. You can be a power tackle like we, well, I've spent, I spent way too much time on this draft. <laughs> you can be a power guy like Cam Robinson or you can yeah. be a guy like, you know, like a Ryan Ramschick who's maybe a little bit more athletic yeah. and he's still going to beat you. So, yeah, I'm not worried about pre- replacing his production. Yeah. You mentioned free agency, though, Ryan. So let's let's dive into the guys that are cool. going to be kind of tasked with with replacing some of that production. Free agency has been ongoing now for ten days, uh, not quite. Not 10 that days. Uh, like what, a week. last Thursday. Yeah, like yeah. not not quite a week. So well, um, if we go into possible tampering, it's been yeah, it's been yeah, a it's few been, weeks. It's yeah. been it's been about three and a half months. Yeah. If we're really being honest, it's been <laughs> about the end of the season. Uh. So the Broncos have signed five players as mm-hmm. of the recording of this podcast. Uh, Ronald Leary, Menelik Watson, uh, Domita Pecco, Zach Kerr, and Kasim Etabali. Uh, they have lost three guys that I want to talk about. Kayvon Webster, 
Sly Williams, Russell O'Connor. Um, let's start with the losses and then okay. let's fill in the gains. So Kayvon, I was told, had interest from the Dolphins. Uh, and he had a visit scheduled there, but he wound up going to Los Angeles, signing mm-hmm. with the Rams, stays with Wade Phillips, which I think is great for him. Yeah. Um, that guy, that guy, I, I don't know that he's a number one corner in the NFL, but I think he can be a pretty solid number two for somebody. And I he's going to so. get a chance to do that in LA. I think, I think the Broncos are going to miss him. I, th- yeah. I think his impact on special teams. There you go. He was a special teams captain. Last yeah. Year. Special teams captain. And, you know, Broncos special teams haven't been that great over the past couple seasons, but Kayvon was a standout. Yeah. One of the few bright spots. Right. And I mean, they drafted Kayvon, and he was a very physical defensive back coming out of uh, UCF. Or U- it's, US- uh, it's USF UCF. or UC. I think it's UCF. I, I, think he's, I think he's a Central Florida. One of the University of uh, Directional Florida. I'm probably where you're wrong. I should um, check that. We should be journalistically ethical. Yes, I'm pretty that. sure it's Keep talking. CF. Keep talking. But anyways, I think... I I agree, I agree with the way he was his thinking in free agency. He wanted to play, and when you look at the Broncos, you have to be extraordinary. USF, to yeah, get I was on. wrong. USF, S- okay, Southern, all right. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, there you go. Um, but like I was saying, you have to be extraordinary if you want to be a a on field regular in the defensive backfield. And when you have Bradley Roby, Chris Harris Jr., and Akib Talib. You're, you're not getting on the field that much. And I think Kayvon thought that he had learned enough from those guys and that he, I thought his performance when he was a cornerback was very good. I don't remember him being a weakness he, on the field. Uh, I, I mean, he got picked on a little bit in like that Kansas City game. True. Comes to mind, he got picked on. But um, I mean, if I'm the opposing offense, I go, yeah, I'm going to go for yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, he, he's your than, weak spot. Like right. he was their fourth cornerback. Yeah. Um, right. He was four for them. Uh-huh. So, you're you're rarely playing, and when you are, you're kind of playing right. in, in weird spots. Like you're, like Broncos play mostly out of the nickel, as uh-huh. do most teams. So it's mostly Roby. But when you had that fourth corner, yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get picked on no matter who he right. is. But I think Roby's one of the better fourth guys in the in the league. So we'll see how he does yeah. uh, with the Rams. I think he just wants to kind of get into a rhythm of being an on field starter yeah. all the time. And and I I wish him the best. I think he did great stuff here. I think he uh, wasn't necessarily a, a a rah rah guy, but he was a he was a nice guy. We, I talked to him a few times, and yeah, he, he just he was, seemed like he, he just chill. did his business. Yeah, just chill. I would give him a hey, cave on a like, chill. Be like, sup, sup, yeah, sup. Also, um, the most lookalike Tupac impersonator. I yeah, think that I've was ever scary. Seen. Holy cow! I think I, that's when I real. That's kind of the first time I really talked to him was when he he did yeah. that, and like everybody wanted to talk to him about that. But um, yeah, Russell Okung, and that's the other guy. Okung, Okung. Does it matter now that I never was quite sure which one it was? The, I yeah. think it's Okung because I think that's how he said it one time. You can say it like Kubiak said it. What did he say? Okung. Russell Okung. I yeah. miss, I'm going to miss Gary Kubiak. <laughs> uh, uh, so Russell Okung Kung, uh, leaves the Denver Broncos after one year uh, after the Broncos declined. We talked about them declining to pick up his option yeah. a little while ago. Uh, but we weren't sure whether they're going to make another run at him. The word on the street is that they did offer him a low, a pretty low dollar deal. Not what the Chargers offered. Him. No, the I don't Chargers know how gave, many teams offered him. What Chargers the Chargers gave, offered? Chargers him. gave him fifteen friggin' million dollars a year. And I was, <sighs> I thought that might happen. Like Jeremy Halperin wrote, who's our new uh, kind of analyst, deep numbers stat dude, analytical guy on football. He did a great piece that I wanted to share with with people about 
kind of the numbers and the breakdown of these contracts. And the thing that I kept coming back to was the supply on the tackle market is so low and the demand is so high this year. The guys are just going to get over freaking paid mm-hmm. because it's a bad tackle class in the draft. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It is a bad tackle class in free agency. Like, it's pretty much dried up now. Yeah. King Dunlap is out there, but he's got some off-field concerns that you worry about. That, that's maybe the only guy I'd look at for Denver if they really want to sign a left tackle. But that's some, we'll, we'll, we'll save that in a second. But Okong was bad for yeah. the Broncos last season. Like, yeah. he was bad. Um, I thought he was probably their... Probably their second or third worst offensive lineman last season, and he was a which also makes starter. him the second and third best offensive lineman. Yeah, you never know on that <laughs> line. Like he had his issues, and I said this during the season. His issues were all technique oriented, right? Like his kick slide was consistently either too wide or too shallow, so he's overcorrecting. He's getting run on. His hands aren't yeah. in the right place. Like it's all these little technique things that make me think he was getting bad coaching. So you wonder if he can go to the Chargers and maybe get better coaching and see what happens. But o- Okung. And, of course, I think Russell Okung will probably be best remembered as a Bronco for the story that came out after that Patriots game with uh, Michael Silver and the locker room incident where right. Okung stands up and tries to address the team. Like, Russell Okung fancied himself a leader on the Broncos. Um, I, I don't know that he ever really was. Right. I think some guys thought of him that way. Other guys didn't. Um, Rakeem Tlaib certainly didn't. Right. Uh, but But, you know, I think... A rough, a rough stretch for the Broncos and Russell Okung, but it leaves them Ryan without a left tackle. Yeah, and we'll talk about zero, zero left tackles like, really on the roster yeah. right now, uh, which is going to be a problem for them. Now they signed a couple of offensive linemen. They signed Ronald Leary, who I think is a really good pickup. That, like that's him. an that's an A signing for yeah. me. Um, I, they had to give him. A, it's a pretty good size deal, but I don't think it's too much. So it's a uh, that's an A free agent signing for yeah. me, Ron O'Leary. Um, Metalik Watson, I do not like Metalik Watson's game to start with. Okay. I think he's uh, he's he's physical, but he's I I don't like his game, and he's injured way too often for me to be comfortable with the money they're going to be paying him. Like they're paying him starting right tackle money, so he'll probably come into camp as your starter at right tackle. But we've seen in training camp over the, the last couple of years with the Broncos that things like that change. Like, you remember when Shelly Smith was going to be the starter at guard? and then Shelly Smith. And then, did he even make the team? I don't, he definitely didn't start a damn game. Yeah. Um, I remember that. And they gave him starter money at guard. So anything can change uh, in, in camp and free agency. But Watson and Leary are the two linemen they've signed. They're without a tackle. Um, they're going to have to sign a... Uh, they're going to have to do something at left tackle. And you look at the tackle market, there's really nothing left. Right. Unless you look at the draft. And that scares a lot of fans because they don't like... Here's my thing with fans in the draft. I don't think fans know enough about the draft. Like, just... just I don't. I think most people are, are afraid of the draft because they don't take the time to learn about it. Yeah. Um, which bugs me a little bit. Like... You hear so many people advocate for, oh, you got to go sign a, a left tackle. You can't start a rookie. You can't start a rookie. I think you can start a rookie if he's talented enough. My uh-huh. issue is I don't know that there is a tackle in this class right. that's talented enough. The one guy that I come back to is Cam Robinson with Alabama, and you mm-hmm. can go check out the website for my scouting report and Ryan's tremendous work on the uh, on the Broncos big board video that we put together on Cam. 
Love another one of those on Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, don't call me Mitchell Trubisky. Future Bear. Mitchell. F- future Bear, you think? I think so. I think he's probably going to be I don't tough. know who else is. Maybe the Niners. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, yeah, I could see the Niners. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I maybe, maybe the Browns. Maybe the Browns trade back. If the Browns don't draft Miles Garrett, <laughs> yeah, I know. they're as dumb as we thought they were. <laughs> that's, All right. I'm sorry. Take it uh, on Brock wants, Osweiler. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's like giving him credit now for Brock Osweiler I'm like, paying dude, for a second round. You spent $16 million on a right. second round draft pick. And so everyone's like, are oh, the Browns geez, outsmarting geez. the NFL? We're going to see if the Browns are outsmarting the NFL if they pass up Miles Garrett. Yeah, they might. Hugh Jackson really likes him some Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll have plenty of that time. That would be painful. I'm going to have so much fun breaking that down, the, the top five picks in this draft. Oh, yeah. Miles Garrett, by the way. Holy, holy hell. That guy's amazing. Ugh. Um, But, yeah, so the, the, the Broncos are in need of a left tackle. Cam Robinson you can talk about. You can talk about Ryan Ramschick. But mm-hmm. I don't think any of those guys are worth taking at 20 with a top 20 pick. Maybe if you trade, like, I, here's a scenario that was posed to me. Just trade back with somebody, whether it's Dallas. It was proposed to me in the context of trade. Trade for the 28th pick, give Dallas the 20th pick, give him another first, and get, like, Tony Romo in the 28th pick. And I'm like, I'm not I'm not interested in Tony Romo, but we'll talk about them more later. Um, uh, uh, the, the thing I, I have come to see on draft day, is that players on rosters become very cheap on draft day for some reason. They do, yeah. Even if, uh, I, I mean, it's usually teams players become that... become desperate. Yeah, teams yeah. become desperate, and it's usually players that they aren't in love with anyways. Um, Lu- uh, who is the Bronco that got traded? Manny Ramirez. Manny traded. Ramirez got traded on, on draft, draft day. day. Uh, didn't Randy Moss get traded on draft day to the Patriots? I remember Javon Walker was a big yeah. uh, trade on, on draft day. So we'll see. I, I'm still... I'm a little, I don't know. I've seen that they have a first round grade on Garrett or uh, Bowles from, is it Garrett Bowles? Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles yeah. from uh, Utah. That the Broncos have a first round? Yeah. Where'd you see that? I've seen it, uh, oh gosh, I've seen it from, I can't remember, but I'll I've seen it multiple. And I'll dig into that. I think, here's the thing on Garrett Bowles. I think Garrett Bowles, not to dive too deep into the tackle class in the mm-hmm. draft, we can do that later, but I think there's always a guy who comes out at the combine and the media really falls in love with him. Because he has a good story and he's a good yeah. quote and all, you know how that works. He's the guy. Yeah. And Garrett Bowles at the combine was that guy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's the best tackle in this class. I don't think there, right. there's I don't, there's not a great tackle in this class. But Robinson mm-hmm. is is still my leader in the clubhouse. I think Ramscheck is two. Bowles is three. You can even talk about Forrest Lamp, who's more a guard than he is a tackle. Some people say Robinson's a guard. I don't I don't see that. But check out my Broncos big board, Ryan's right. Broncos big board, and my scouting report on that. Um. Here's my question on the free agency stuff for this Denver Bronco football club. Did these moves make the Broncos significantly better? <laughs> that, uh, no, significantly no. They Did they make it marginally better? I think if you go from zero to one, yeah, you're marginally better. Yeah. But they didn't go from zero to eight, nine, or ten. I'm telling you that much. And... The one word that I was really confused by yesterday from Vance Joseph was that the Broncos had fortified both lines. I just don't think fortified is the correct word to use there. You definitely put people in those positions. I can't say it's been fortified. It's like fortifying them with Donald Stevenson and Russell O'Kung, right? Like Everybody was on board with those signings last year, and I looked at Donald Stevenson, and I'm like, 
This guy's been a spot starter in Kansas City. They're giving him big-time money to come and be the starting right tackle. I don't see that. So there are a couple things. Like I'm, no, I'm not going to criticize the Leary signing. I like the Ronald Leary signing. He can come in, uh-huh. play opposite Max Garcia, who I think can still be a really good player, um, and, and, and be that other guard spot. Watson I have an issue with. So let's look at Menelik Watson. Okay. Um, Menelik Watson has started 17 games in three years. Oh, NFL. yeah. Well, the, the first thing anyone will bring up is his injuries. So he started three games in 2013, nine games in 2014, just five games last season, played in 10 games overall last year, has never played in more than 12. Now, most of that is related to injuries, but some of that is related to performance. Okay. Um, Watson is physical. Yes, he's aggressive. Yes, yes, he, sw- he speaks with a sweet-ass British accent. But I'm all over and 100% behind. It makes him a little more frightening, actually. Yeah, kind of, because he's like this big physical guy, but he speaks, yeah. he speaks with his sweet... Oh, I love, yeah. Ma- I love like, Manchester oh, City. Boy. I love Manchester City. That's right. <laughs> um, that's my mentally Watson impression coming to uh, clubs near you. But but he's not a guy that I look at as a reliable starter at tackle. Right. Like, maybe he's a swing tackle. That's where, like, if I'm... If I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking. That guy is maybe a swing tackle for me. If I'm general manager of the, of the universe, uh, he's not a starting right tackle. They're going to pay him starting right tackle money. They're going to ask him to come in and pay, at least compete. I'd imagine for the starting right tackle job. They restructured Donald Stevenson's deal to make it friendlier on them. They save a little bit of money on the front end on that, and I think he's going to compete somewhere. It wouldn't shock me if, like. Maybe Donald Stevenson's your starting left tackle. I have a tweet on Donald Stevenson that I'm going to get, so just okay. Um, but the thing for me, Ryan, and you say marginally better, I can't say that. I, I don't. Th- I think the Broncos, as of today, as of right now, you Patriots fan, the Denver Broncos are a worse team than they were at the end of the season. Now the Ronald Leary signing is good. I, I think that's going to be a good pickup for them. I think he's going to play well. But I look at the other guys they signed. Pecco, Pecco didn't have a sack last year. He has 18 and a half total sacks in his career. Now you're not exactly looking for sacks out of him. You're looking for him to, excuse me, you're looking for him to pick up bodies, kind of take on to blocks. To not move on yeah. the offensive line. You're That's looking for him to take up blocks. Yeah. Um, but you'd like a little bit of pass rush production out of him. Yeah. You just didn't see it. Uh, 17 tackles last year, 20 assisted tackles, which is on par with what he's had kind of throughout the last couple of years of his career, but generally I think you're starting to see a downward trend for Pecco. Well, he is, he's old, right? He's yeah, like he's, he's been in the league since 2006. Yeah, so like, he's, he's, I in, mean... He's a, he's a decade plus in the league, and so they're they're going to rely on him to potentially be a guy who replaces Sly or right. or, or replaces that uh, a spot along that, that, uh, that defensive line. Now, I think he can be a good player. I think he'll be a good locker room guy as well, but I don't see him being a huge production piece. I don't see uh I don't see Kasim Adabali being a great piece. He had five yeah. sacks with the Saints last year. Yeah. Like he he can come in and like play spot duty for you. He mm-hmm. can be Shaq Barrett for you. If that's what you're looking for him to be, and Shaq Barrett becomes Shane Ray, and Shane Ray becomes DeMarcus Ware, and Von Miller becomes Von Miller. Uh but you're not going to get great production out of him. Yeah. Zach Kerr, I like. I know he wants to be in Denver. He said that in his presser. He's very excited. The Broncos think he can break out. Yeah. Well, the Broncos think a lot of things right now. That's true. If um, I trust any coach on this staff, though, it's Bill Kolar. Uh, he's one of those guys. The guy I, that pounded on the table to take Adam Gotsis in the second round? Hey, man. 
Look, Malik Jackson had a rough first year. All then right. he came on. So I, right. I, I'm going to give Gotsis just just another year. T- again, he he grew up playing Australian years or Australian rules football. By the way, check out our Get to Know Bronco, there, Adam Gotsis. There you go. Um, I shouldn't criticize him because he gave me ten minutes this time. <laughs> so Adam, no Adam, Adam's a really good dude. I just his tape was not good last year. That's true, and um, I, I, I will we'll see what happens. Uh, um, yeah. But here's the uh, here's a tweet on Donald Stevenson from our buddy Zach Stevens. Uh, who? Uh, Zach Stevens from BSN. From, from what? What company? Uh, from it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, but it's Zach Stevens. Yeah, the skinny little guy. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I got you. Uh, he tweeted out. Uh, I love you, Zach. Joseph on we Stevenson potentially at left tackle. He's a guy when you watch his tape, he does flash great ability. That's left tackle. Who said that? Vance Joseph. Yeah, I wasn't there for those pressers yesterday. Yeah, so that's I. I if mm. I'm a Bronco fan and I hear that. I just bought a year's supply worth of diapers because I'm pissing myself. Yeah. Uh, Donald Stevenson has a a Michael Schofield type of stereotype uh, or label to him. Yeah. Where he was more revolving door than anything. And, Stevenson was bad, man. And so exactly. And so you say, and that was at right tackle. So you say that is going over to the left tackle, <laughs> oh, quarterback's man. blind spot. Are they really That's setting up? Are they really? Their messaging is really Donald Stevenson is in line to be our starting left tackle. I think they're saying Tony Romo, here's your future. No, I think if you want to come here, I think you're going to have back problems. All right, I guess you said the magic word, Ryan Green. So let's <laughs> no, let's do I, this. It was a joke. I didn't. Oh, fine. Let's do this. Uh, our good friends over at uh, KKFN 104.3 The Fan, where there's never an off season for talking Broncos. Uh, they have taken on Tony Romo Watch 2017, right? Every 20 minutes. Everyone needs a hobby. 20 minutes past every hour. They're doing, <sighs> they're doing Romo updates. Is, this, is that real? Yes. Oh, okay. Listen to the fan on your, on your way in. 20 minutes past every hour. The Romo update. Now, I understand why they're doing it. They have like imaging for it and everything. I understand why they're doing it. But here's the reality. Here's the real Romo update if y'all want it. Jerry Jones is not moving on this right now. He's being very sticky about it because he kind of is a guy who is uh, very Old and sticky. Well, eh, he's susceptible <laughs> to the last thing that he hears, right? And the last word that gets into his ear. So Tony Romo thought, like the rest of the world, that he was going to be released on Friday of last week. He was not. He Adam Schefter tweeted that he was released. Like yeah. that's how it was. Like. That's how he's everyone still it not go. been released. He has still not been traded as of the recording of this podcast. And there's nothing else moving on that front. He's right. the Broncos are not going to trade for Tony Romo. No. And neither are the Houston Texans. Now, if I had to make a bet, I would say that the Texans are probably in the in the front of the line for him. Tony really, really wants to have the opportunity to stay in Texas. If you yep. can, it's a 30-minute flight between De- uh, Dallas and Houston. He can live where he's living right now. Makes it easy on him. Get a helicopter, Tony. It's it's another, the other thing that people aren't talking about. Uh, Reliance Stadium, not Reliance Stadium, NRG. It was Reliant. I'll give, it you, was, I'll give uh, you credit for that. It's an indoor yes. stadium where Romo has played indoors for his entire professional career with the Cowboys at AT&T and Cowboy Stadium before that? Was that the name of the... Yeah, Cowboy Stadium. Uh, he has played at, indoors for his entire NFL career. I don't think... that That's tough for guys to get over who've been indoor quarterbacks yeah. and have liked having that control to get out of that. It was a big that. problem for Peyton. Yeah, Peyton, Peyton did not like playing outdoors in the winter here. No. 
Yeah, he was Just not a go watch the Ravens game he's again, not if a, you can. He's not a fan of that. Um, but he uh, Romo, I, I think Romo is going to look at Houston as the more attractive option for the reason you said too, Ryan. What are the Broncos doing at left tackle? Right. Romo has been broken the last two times he's been hit. Exactly, like literally broken in two. And it's not. It's not a broken arm. It's not. It's a back. Like it's, it's a back that's and a collarbone and a neck. right. That's chronic. It's gonna stay there. Backs don't really get better when yeah. you get older He's had in the NFL. Multiple back surgeries. Ask Demarcus Ware. Like uh, again, if if I'm Tony Romo and I'm weighing my physical health for the rest of my life and maybe another shot at a Super Bowl, and here's where. Here's the frustration that is now coming out for me is that Broncos fans think that Tony Romo would mean a legitimate Super Bowl shot. And I think this team is I think this further away, away from I think this team is a is further away from another Super Bowl run than they believe. They, yeah. they still see the you, defense and the dominance and they think they can get back there. But this um, I, you, look at the offensive and, line. I just don't I don't see it. You and I see eye to eye on this, mm-hmm. Ryan, but most people disagree with us. I think I think we're in the minority here. Most people look at that defense and they see this dominant, historically great defense. Last season, the Broncos' defense was not historically great. It was good. Right. It was an above-average top, what, top three defense? Right, and I mean, yeah, Overall, it's still one of the best in the but league. Their run defense was abysmal Ugh, last season. They could not awful. stop anybody from running the football. And you say, well, you know, you had a couple pieces in the middle, all this, all that. Well, not really. Go back and look at the tape from the prior year, from the the 2015-16 season. Teams weren't really trying to run the ball on the Broncos, and then all of a sudden they realized they could, and they did. Uh, I think this issue with stopping the run is going to be a problem this season as well, because I think you're losing Sly Williams, who say what you will about Sly as a pass rusher, that guy could take on blocks. He's not right. a, he's probably not a first, like, I'm not going to say he's a bust as a first round pick, because he, he gave you four decent years of production. He was your starting nose tackle on a Super Bowl caliber team. He's a good player, and you're losing him now, and you're replacing him with, at this point, Guys who were free agents off the street who other teams didn't want, which is always a problem for me. Lee Steinberg, who is, uh, I think, one of the more interesting people around the NFL. Obviously, Paxton Lynch's agent, super agent Lee Steinberg. He tweeted something. He tweeted something out like a week ago, right when free agency started. And he has clients who are free agents. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Lee said, and I think the kind of the crux of the tweet was the thing to remember about free agency is that teams are paying A plus money for B plus players. Right. And that's always going to be the case. Yep. The draft, Ryan Green, is the better place to build talent right. and to build your team. And this is the issue that I've had with John Elway is He's putting all these free agents into starting positions on his roster. So let's think through real quick about guys who the Broncos have drafted or have signed who are starting for them right now. Who they signed? Or draft? No, who they, who they, who they drafted. Who um, they, or signed as undrafted free agents. Like guys who are original in Broncos. Guys who didn't come from another team. So you have quarterbacks. Both their quarterbacks on the roster right now are original. We'll give them credit for that. Guys on the line. Max Garcia, Matt Paradis, uh, Michael Schofield, Ty Sambrilo. So you've got a, a good chunk of linemen. The issues kind of come when you start looking in the secondary. Like, 
Emmanuel Sanders as a receiver is a good player, but he's yeah. not a homegrown guy. He's right. from Pittsburgh. You sign him off the mm-hmm. street. He's he's a guy that you paid a decent contract on for him to come in and produce for you. But generally, Ryan, the draft for me, and this is what the the fight I get in with people as just an observer of football. I and especially at the quarterback position, I have seen far more teams be successful with quarterbacks. We'll just take that as an example. Quarterbacks that they drafted and developed than teams who pull free agent quarterbacks off the street. Absolutely. Uh, the Broncos were the exception because they signed the greatest free agent to ever be a free agent. Yep. But look, you look at the historic defenses. Seattle, Baltimore, Chicago 85, one Super Bowl. You look at Brady, Montana, Elway, all the great quarterbacks. Multiple Super Bowls over their entire career. So, as uh, and that's where I'm starting to get frustrated. As good as the Broncos fans think the Broncos defense is, it doesn't matter unless you have a franchise quarterback in my eye. Yep. That it's just what it is. It's been that way for a long, long time now. And it's we've seen quarterbacks take okay teams to multiple Super Bowl wins, but we haven't seen great defenses take multiple quarterbacks to Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowl wins. We're yeah. just I just don't see it. Yep. Uh I think I think yeah, Tony Romo could give them maybe two more wins. Maybe they finish 10 and 6, 11 and 5 this year. I I, I just don't see the Peyton Manning type of production or leadership from Tony Romo coming in that would get you another Super Bowl. And especially I mean, you look at free agency and what the Patriots have been doing in the offseason. They yeah. are loading up. They are and um, so, but anyways, back to uh, the draft in the Broncos. Eric Goodman had a great tweet this morning. Broncos have no players left from the 2013 draft on the roster. And only Von Miller, Derek Wolf, and Virgil Green remain from 2011 to 2013 drafts. That is where you're supposed to get the depth. That's an That's indictment on John Elway's right. general manager. That's where you're supposed to get the depth. That's where you're supposed to build your talent that yep. starts to emerge now as you know, the big playmakers. Yeah, 2013 is one of the worst And contributors, yes. So, I think we've said this before, uh, and we may have been talking about it. No, we've said this before. This draft is probably always most important ever. I think last year's draft. Last year? Okay. Because of the Paxton Lynch. All right. Lynch, for me, and I've said this, is the pivotal point in the organization. How he winds up is going to be the deciding factor in whether I view John Elway's time in Denver as very successful or just pretty successful. Like I I want to see a couple of seasons worth of the Broncos without Peyton Manning in the yeah. offseason. Um which is or without being the defending Super Bowl champs in the offseason. This is a pivotal offseason for me for him. Get, get, no doubt. He's got to build up the foundational pieces, right? Right. He and the Lynch pick is going to be a problem because so many people are down on him and I heard some things at Dove Valley this week that uh, you know, he, he's got a long way to go. And um, from what I've heard, it's more off-field stuff. Oh, it's absolutely off-field. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, it, it's mostly off-field issues with Lynch. And it's some study habits and some different things that he's got to fix. And if he can do that, he can be a good player. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that Paxton Lynch I would agree the, with it. Like, Troy Rank, I thought, put it really well on Twitter. Lynch has the hardware. And we, I've talked endlessly about how much I love Paxton yeah. Lynch's game. And that all starts from my draft evaluations from last season, watching that kid just 
fling the football all over the place. He's a friggin' gazelle on the move. He, he's when he's just playing, man. He he's great. But this is gonna be tough for him. I happen to know that he is working out with an individual uh, quarterbacks coach with a strength coach. Okay. He's putting in the work, as far as I can tell, this offseason. We will see how he looks in OTAs. OTAs are going to be critical for him because I don't know how much Trevor's going to be able to participate. I think he right. will, but we'll see. Um, Trevor's been around the facility, which always gives him a leg up. Yes. Right? That, so, Lynch, so Lynch is not at the facility right now. He's not in Denver. Mm-hmm. He's training elsewhere. I think he's in Cal- I think he's in Cali or he's in... Okay. Uh, I don't know where he is, but he's not in Denver. Simeon, because he's getting shoulder rehab, has been at the facility. You mm-hmm. saw the pictures of him looking like McLovin with his glasses on <laughs> in the cafeteria. He's a big dork. <laughs> in the cafeteria, talking to talking to guys. He looks like he's also slimmed down, like muscle tone wise. It's clear that he hasn't quite been able to get in the gym. Right, definitely lift. not what you want from Trevor. He, he, he needs yeah, to put on weight. He did not. He didn't. He looked. Did, did, do you agree? He looked yeah. really kind of skinny. And in I would picture. too if I had shoulder surgery. Yeah, he looked like kind of a dude that you'd see in the He's always he's always kind of looked like that. But he kind of you could be like, yeah, maybe he looks like an athlete, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Simeon, I think because he's at the facility and he's with a new head coach, that's going to help him a ton. Yeah. Um, so Lynch has to be ready to come in and compete mentally, physically, and be consistent. Like we saw it in camp, where and I wrote this at almost every camp, re- camp like daily camp recap I did during training camp. Lynch was consistently making the single best play, right, of every day of camp. The best throw of camp always came from Paxton Lynch because he's got those physical tools. It just doesn't come together consistently enough. But we got to get out of here. We are running long as it is, Ryan Green. We had a lot to talk about. We're almost at 45. We're almost at 47 minutes. Dang. We we will. Let's get out of here. All right. Before we do, I do want to talk a little tiny bit more about the draft. I put out this piece, which you can check out at 5280sportsnetwork.com. I do it every year. It's my annual 10 pick, 10 player Broncos mock draft. Now it's been 10 picks, 10 players because the Broncos have had heading into the draft 10 picks for the last three years, I believe, thanks to compensatory draft picks. Yeah. They picked up, uh, they had six picks. They picked up four compensatory picks yep. this year. Uh, so I, I, so let's go ahead. I just want you to give me grades on the picks that I made for the Denver Broncos. Okay. Okay. Uh, round one, pick 20. I had him taking Cam Robinson, the tackle out of the University of Alabama. I love the pick, but at 20? He's not a perfect player. Uh, I think he's got, like we talk about in the video, he's got off-field concerns. Okay. He's, so you expect him to drop? Oh, yeah. I, I think he could. If there's a candidate who If he's could, at 15, are the Broncos starting to think of drafting no, up or trading no, up? No, 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 no. Okay. I think if he's at 20, maybe even that's a reach. Um, All right. I think he's going to fall. Like, if there's a candidate to fall out of the first round, maybe even out of the second, like, like a couple of years ago, I had TJ Clemmings as a really like TJ Clemmings for me was like the guy in that draft. Uh-huh. And he had a foot injury that scared some teams off. Okay. And he had some other stuff and he wound up being like a first round projected guy to not going until the Vikings took him in the fourth round. All right. And he's kind of an issue. So I can't Robinson could be that guy. Or if teams are confident enough in his tape, like I am, like I like his tape a lot. Okay. And the thing for me is it's, Three years of starting at left tackle for the best program in right. the country. He's showing consistently that he's beating or or at least containing the best pass rushers in right. college football. He, he whipped Miles Garrett. Yeah, like he whipped him. Uh, and, and that's what that's what I like. So my Cam Robinson at twenty. What's my grade? All right, that's a that's that's an A. Okay, especially so, especially for need for the Broncos yeah, at the that's moment. An that's an A. An a. Uh, 
uh, my second pick in this class, I took Adam Shaheen, tight end out of Ashland. You probably haven't heard the name, but this dude is a baller. He's six foot six, two seventy seven. Okay, so he's huge. Uh, he's a little rigid. Plays in kind of a D two. Uh, and we'll do Broncos big board videos on all these guys. Um, he, he's a D2 guy. So he's obviously kind of a man among boys kind of player. Okay. But he's got, he's, he doesn't play at his size. He plays at a guy who's like 6'3, 250, like a good vertical threat. Okay. And, but he can box guys out. He's got great reach. I took Adam Shaheen, a tight end in the second round. Uh, what's my grade on that pick? Oh, man. Uh, tough. It's gonna get tougher because it's gonna be guys you've never heard. Right, of. and I, I'm gonna give it a C because I think tight end is one of the more stacked positions in this draft. And if the Broncos go D two in the second round, when you've got right. you know Evan Ingram and Joku, yep. I list Evan Ingram as another option. Yeah. Also, Jaleel I think Johnson. I think Evan Ingram really intrigues John Elway. He's that we'll versatile. Fast, kind of Julius we'll Thomas esque, but uh, I like I, I, I like, like the go, position. Do me that you do me a favor. Him. Go watch some Adam Shaheen. Okay, go watch I some cut that. ups. Just go on YouTube, watch some cut ups. Watch, take five minutes of your life to watch this kid run, run, just rip the seam. Good All stuff. Right. Uh, round three, pick eighty two. I, I I had the I had the uh, Denver Broncos taking Colorado Buffaloes Cheetah Bay Awuzier, uh in the third round. Corner, that, that's a good Kayvon Webster replacement. Corner depth, uh, guy who can contribute on special teams, be a body there. I watched a lot of Cheeto uh, this year because I'll I give covered, you I'll give you a B on that one because I cover yeah I covered the Buffs early in the season like the first six or seven games Yeesh. of the year for them that sounds awful no it was a good time uh, press box food at CU is pretty pretty on point they get it catered uh, other guys I could see him taking there Malachi Dupree Charles Walker also uh, have him grabbing a linebacker in the third round Duke Riley out of LSU okay I don't think they ever really replaced Danny Trevathan the way that they should have Todd Davis was okay. Last year, but he was not Trevathan. Um, oh. I don't know if Duke Riley will be either, but he's a guy who can cover linebackers and tight ends, which over and over again I kept coming back to last season saying they don't have anybody who can cover guys consistently out of the backfield, right. especially if they got good speed. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm starting to think that in what, from what I saw last year, that they ran three safeties in Brandon Marshall and they would drop TJ Ward. And I think Justin Simmons is going to come on. You've got Justin Simmons, Darian Stewart, then TJ Ward kind of in the level. So Justin Simmons is the one that makes sure nothing gets behind him. Darian yep. Stewart's roam in the middle. And TJ Ward is your utility guy who I think is going to play more of a linebacker type role uh, heading forward for the Broncos. Um, but I, I agree. They do need something there. And if, if they're going to get any type of linebacker, it, they have to cover tight ends. Yep. Uh, in the fourth round, I have him grab him. Dalvin Tomlinson, a defensive tackle out of Bama. Really interesting okay. guy. Uh, lost both his parents. Could have gone to Harvard. Uh, chose not to. Uh, high IQ, six, uh, six foot three, three ten. Pretty athletic, active hands. That's what I saw a lot of. He's swatting okay. down a lot of passes, active hands in the passing lane. Uh, a big defensive lineman who I think could could add some some depth there for them. We'll move on, then he can give me the full grade. Uh, okay. Chad Wheeler. I think I showed you Chad Wheeler. I think you did. I don't like Chad Wheeler in the scheme. I don't like him in a lot of ways, but I needed a guy that I could pick here, and I needed a tackle. And I'm looking up and down my board, and I'm going, they need to pick another tackle in this draft. Uh-huh. There's not a lot of guys this late that I think makes sense. I'll just go with the guy that I liked early on. Wheeler's like a Sam Brilo type, kind of an athletic, good. He he's going to be good at pulling, he can get out, has good okay. feet, but he is uh, also a huge off field risk. Had a psych evaluation done uh, at the end of 2015. Not so he's a concern there. He's got some injury history, but I, I you know, you need a tackle there, and in the fifth round, you go ahead and reach. Um, 
Ryan Schweitzer, wide receiver, North Carolina. Oh, all right. I like have, that. Have you seen some I like of him? him? Yeah. You've seen some of him I've seen watching some because I've been looking at possible slot receivers for the Broncos. Yeah. I think fans need to get over the fact that they think Emmanuel Sanders will move to the slot. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Let's listen to this and hear, hear our words, Ryan Green. Emmanuel Sanders, say it with me. We'll never play the slot. He will hold out before he's put in the slot. By he does not want to play the he's slot. He's a playboy. He wants to be, really, he wants to be a number one receiver. Yes. But he ain't playing in the slot. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I, I think that was a good one. And you've seen some of Trubisky's tape, too. So, yeah. So you've, you've probably watched quite a bit mm-hmm. of Ryan Schweitzer. Um, he's probably not going to be there in the sixth round at pick 203. Yeah, he's, probably, he's probably like a fourth round guy. Um, yeah. His size is going to keep him out of the first day and a half. Well, the issue is, is that he's everyone five, looks at him seven. and they, yeah, but they they see Wes Welker. That's what he's everyone not as sees. Big as I know, as but he's, he's a not... small slot white guy. They're That's kind of see used, Wes Welker. I use That's that. I use that comparison too, just because it's relatable for people. Right? He's really not Wes Welker. He's more, I think, dynamic than Welker is. He's a yeah. better pass catcher. He's better hands. Okay. He can also be an asset for you in the kick return game, the punt return game. Okay. If they if they get Schweitzer, I'd be thrilled. If, I mean, right. I'd be. I think if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm thrilled if they grab him in like the fourth round even mm-hmm. but I have him going in the sixth he probably won't be there in the sixth uh last guy so uh, then they have three picks in the seventh round I highly doubt they will use all three right. but I uh, attach names to him anyway Hunter Dimonick, uh a defensive end out of Utah I had a guy tell me he thinks he's a interior linebacker at the next level I don't see that I had 14 and a half sacks last year he mm-hmm. was a captain on that defense I don't like guys who produce I don't like having guys who produce at one position in college being forced to move to another position right. just because you right. think their skill set doesn't work. If a guy produced, especially at a big time program and a big time conference, use him. I want to see him at that position before I totally toss that out the window. So uh Dimonick, uh high motor guy, 14 and a half sacks. His body is not great for the position. Like you just look at him, he doesn't really look like he's built out for the NFL, which is why he's there. But uh yeah. Uh second pick of the seventh round, uh second to last pick in the draft. Broncos have back-to-back picks at the end of the draft. They have yeah. the last two picks. They have 252 and Mr. Irrelevant at 253, which is weird because they had Mr. Irrelevant last year, too. Didn't I draft tra- him, though. They traded that. No, they traded the Titans. I have them picking uh, Patrick Tolles, quarterback at a Boston college. Okay. Tolles is 6'5", 255 almost. He's huge. He's a big boy. Yeah. But he moves like he's he moves like he's smaller than that. Okay. And he's... He's not a very accurate passer, just over 51% completion percentage. Ugh, that's... Um, and he's, his motion's weird, but I, I kind of, I just, I like big quarterbacks who can stand tall in the pocket. So that's kind of a, so does that way. Last guy, uh, Darius Victor running back at a town, some kind of a Maurice okay. Jones drew type small. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. What's, uh, what's my grade? My grade? Oh, I don't know. What, I don't know if I can grade. I, think you addressed every need the Broncos need. See? I think that's good. Why, why don't they hire me as their <laughs> personnel director? Man? Get on get on the phone. Get Schubert on. Call uh, Shu. Shu can get me that job? Shoe, I, uh, that's where I would start. <laughs> hey, Shu, who, hey, who can give me a job as director of the pro personnel department for the Broncos? Uh, and he would block my number. Yeah, and there um, goes your press pass. Yeah. Uh, holy cow, we're almost at an hour. Okay, this ran, we, we should go. Yeah, this ran way longer than we thought it would. Uh, but we had a lot to talk about. Dude. Yeah. We had a lot to talk about. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, Broncos will have more news, I'm sure, in the coming days. We will be back next week here to do another one of these 
bad boys. I'm going to try and get Jeremy Halperin, our new oh, awesome. uh, That'd be good. Broncos dude on the show. Get him on probably through Skype. We'll do that. Cool. One. But we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, yeah, Jeremy will come on. We'll talk kind of analytical, how you, ana- how you analyze football from a kind of big picture number standpoint as opposed to Moneyball. Yeah, the Moneyball approach, okay. which is kind of how Jeremy likes to look at things. So right. I'm excited to talk to him about that. Uh, also, I, I got to pump this up, Ryan. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we will be recording and releasing the first episode of Hashtag Hot Take. Uh, hi On uh, that channel. So you can follow that podcast on Twitter at Hashtag Hot Take. Got to spell out hashtag. Uh, and, and give it a listen. We're going to have... It's available, by the way, on iTunes, on Stitcher. Checked all these on Audio Boom, and it'll be up on the site. It'll be all over the place. Wherever you want to find it, it'll be there. Um, our first guest is going to be Vic Lombardi. Who? Who? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vic, will, Vic will come in studio with us. He'll sit exactly where Ryan Green is sitting right now. Ugh. And he will uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about life. We'll talk about the West Side. We'll talk about... Uh, I'm ex- I want to hear this. What else is Vic going to want to talk about? You He's going to want to talk Perna. Uh, what talk, Berna? Uh, uh, blank I, talk. I, I have to bleep out a word. <laughs> I'm totally not going to bleep it out. Uh, we can we can leave that as is. I was just I was I saw Perna's video last night. But and, yeah, that was great. Vic, yeah, that that's just. And you can tell Vic so Vic good. helped him with it too. Oh yeah 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 Vic Vic said those stuff. guys are hilarious. Vic is um Vic has been kind enough to join us on the first episode of a podcast that I think is gonna I want to tell the story of Denver. Right. And right. I, I don't mean like that in kind of a like NPR sense. I mean, like, I just want to get interesting people who live in the area and are from this area. Maybe not even from this area. Like if a comic is coming to to uh, the com- to comedy works, I want to sit down and talk with them. Like I can get you a weatherman that's been here for 30 years. I do actually want to talk to him. All right. I do want to. He'd get that, love that. I do actually want to get that set up. So we'll 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 get that figured out because I would love to talk to okay. a certain uh, weatherman with CBS because he uh, he's one of my favorite one of my favorite broadcasters in this town <laughs> and he happens to be uh, pretty closely connected with somebody at this table yeah maybe um so yeah we will uh we'll we'll have fun I also want to I want to try and get the GM of Casa Bonilla oh that would be great yeah I, know, I would listen reach, to that I'm gonna reach out to him today uh so we will see uh we'll see how that goes so do give that a listen check it out on iTunes look for it uh, when I tweet it out we'll also tweet it out. The fifty two eighty sports network uh Twitter accounts and the Facebook pages and all that stuff. So give that a listen when it comes out. Uh also Matt Smith, Rich Kurtzman, uh Jer- Justin Michael, Jeremy Halperin, Derek Kessinger, and yes, JJ Jerez Ooh. and Zach Fogg. JJ is gonna be our lead ads guy. Zach Fogg is yeah, gonna Zach help. Zach Fogg, huh? Zach Honeybear Fogg. All right. We do big like things. That. We do big things. We got some good writers, man. Network. Uh, Zach's gonna do a podcast on the Avs, which should launch next week. Okay. Uh, when Jay, when we get JJ totally rolling, uh, the Avalanche have some interesting things going on. So our Avs podcast that was with, uh, another individual is gonna be taken over by JJ and Zach, and they are gonna do a tremendous job. So listen to that as well at 5280sports.com. All that stuff. This is by far, Ryan Green, the by longest far. episode. You may of, even have to split it into two parts. And uh, Nate would want me to, but I'm not All going right. to. Uh, Take that, Nate. This is because I think we had some good stuff. So this is by yeah, far the longest episode of the Broncos Blitz we have had. Let's go ahead and get the heck out of here for everybody at 5280sportsnetwork.com. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Broncos Blitz. But until then, he's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marson. This is 5280 Sports Network.